A few years ago, I reconnected with my cousin. We'd spend a lot of time together as, as children, but living in different countries, it just got too difficult to stay in touch. As we, as we were reconnecting and updating each other on our lives, she told me about her little sister, who evidently is also my cousin, Julie, who was suffering from anxiety. I was surprised that this was something that they spoke about, because we come from a family where we don't really speak about our problems, which I'm sure that many of you can recognize. I had seen on social media that Julia had created a film about her anxiety, which I watched with, uh, with great interest. It showed a very vulnerable side of living with anxiety, and I thought she was so incredibly brave to share this with the world. I asked Julie if she'd be interested in sharing her story on this podcast, and she said yes. So here is Julie. Enjoy. Hi, Julie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. No worries. So let's start with what, what is so important about talking about anxiety? I mean, I mean, you've just said it from a personal point of view for the two of us. We come from a place where we don't really speak about it. And from what I found, as soon as you start talking about your anxiety and mental health, you already feel about 1%, 10% better because it feels like a, like a dirty little secret that you have in your brain. And anxiety sort of lives there to, I mean, it's trying to keep you safe. But also, I feel like it tries to isolate you and keep you to yourself. And the longer you keep your anxiety or any sort of mental health problems to yourself, it just keeps you in your head. So as soon as you speak it out, you sort of take away some of the strength from it and some of the, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the badness of it. <laughs> because... Yeah, it just lives in your brain. And I just found as soon as I started talking about it, not only did I feel a bit like I was exposing the secret and sort of, you know, saying this has been in my head, this is what I'm really like. So, you know, getting a bit of um, uh, feeling a bit more genuine, but also suddenly loads of other people are suddenly like, I feel that way too. And you don't suddenly you don't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. And you know, your anxiety does make you feel really alone. So it's, yeah, that, that was a long explanation, but yeah. <laughs> it does take some of the power away yeah, and it opens up for communication. Yeah. Which I think is so important that we, that we start talking more about how, um, how these things affect us and, yeah. and what happens. So, um, how did you find out that you had, that you, yeah, we, we were, we've been talking a lot about whether we should call it having anxiety, suffering from anxiety, or what, um, yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> what do you... I mean, I, I say I have general anxiety disorder, okay. um, and I only say this because, one, I was diagnosed, and I can, I can tell you that whole story, um, but the other is from learning um, other people's mental health and from speaking you know, I can see some people have anxiety in certain moments or certain times. Mine is quite constant and quite chronic. Um, you know, I'm hoping I can fix it. I'm putting that in quotation marks because I 
don't know if I'll ever fully fix it. I think it is a little bit of a part of me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's due to, you know, trauma in my life, but also just my sort of personality. I'm very emotional, very sensitive. So I think there just always is that in me. Um, and then I think it just, I think I just do have generalized anxiety disorder, which does come from um, when I was diagnosed. Uh, so I was diagnosed about, God, I was trying to work this out. I think it was eight years ago, mm -hmm. um, officially. But from, you know, going through to therapy and going to doctors, I do believe I've had it since I was probably really little. I remember being about five years old and having an, and having like a panic attack. Um, wow. That is really, really young. Obviously, I didn't know it at the time. But when I look back now, I remember it was the first time I found out about death. And I remember the feeling in my body of pure terror, like, like pure terror. And I look back now and I was like, oh, that's, I know now that's an anxiety disorder. That's anxiety. But back then, I just thought, oh, this is, you know, I had no idea what that was. Um, and I've had several moments of that throughout my life where I look back and I'm like, that was an anxiety attack or that was a panic attack, but I just had no idea. And a lot of it was, you know, oh, she's having a tantrum or she's super sensitive or, oh, it's teenage angst, teenage hormones. Some of it probably was teenage <laughs> angst and teenage hormones, but I think a lot of it was anxiety. Um, I was always thinking about like death and the end of the world and very much like in these dark, dark thoughts mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and I tended to like go into this sort of like fantasy world to sort of keep me safe um, up until like I still sometimes that's kind of my coping mechanism is sort of going into this world. So I've had it for a very long time. It feels like an old friend. Um, so what and, was it like to, to get to get that official diagnosis? It, do you know what? It was a relief because mm -hmm. it was someone saying, I see you. I, I know what's in your head. You're not, you're not crazy. You're not the, this is not like, not normal, but you know, you're not, this isn't something, this is something other people have. This is something you could potentially, you could get better. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think at that point I'm, you know, I was 22, 23, I was going into adulthood. So I think I was just like, oh my God, this is just who I am. I just have all these things. And then so to have a doctor say like, no, actually, this is this. You can look it up here. These are the tools. Like, this is how we can get you help. Um, was, yeah, was a was a relief. Um, this, was this the first time you ever felt that you could see a way out? That there was something? Well, I, I didn't think there was like a way out because I, I didn't even, I thought this was just who I was. So it wasn't yeah. even like I was looking for how do I get better or how do I, you know, where do I get help or anything like that. It was just like, oh, this is just who I am. And I actually, like when I was in high school, I did go see a counselor, but I never spoke about this. Um, and when I first, when I turned 18, my dad was sick, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I moved to university and I actually went and saw a counselor, but I never spoke about any of this stuff. It was very like, oh, my, my dad is sick and I'm homesick. It was sort of mm. up there, which feels a bit surface. Obviously, my dad being sick was not surface, but, 
you know, it was very much there. And then a year later, my dad passed away. So I went and I spoke about grief. But again, just I in my head, I was like, I'm just grieving. It's just homesickness. And obviously, that was a lot of it. But not even knowing there was so much more under the surface that I needed to discuss, mm -hmm. which then led me to I think I only spoke to this counselor maybe for like a couple of months after I lost my dad. And I was like, okay, now I've dealt with my grief. Now carry on. Uh, yeah, which <laughs> Sorry, is I'm laughing. <laughs> which is funny. insane. Um, and then I just sort of carried on, carried on. And I remember having like, you know, going out, getting very drunk and crying and having panic attacks, but not knowing, just thinking like, oh, it's grief or all the just sort of using things to explain it away because I had no idea what was going on in my brain and it wasn't until I had a moment where I was in my room like dancing about as you do <laughs> and I knocked over a glass and I started uncontrollably sobbing over breaking this glass and I was just crying 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 and I looked down and my whole hand was just filled with blood mm. So I'd cut myself and I was like, okay, need to go to the nurse, fix, I need to fix this. Again, surface, like need to fix it. Don't fix the crying uncontrollably over a glass, fix the, the hand that was cut. And fix, I went- Fix what you can see, what you can physically, not fix what you can't see, because that doesn't ex exist maybe. Oh. Exactly, and it's the same, I think about like the grief, you know, everyone around me was also grieving, my siblings were grieving. So it's almost as if I was looking around being like, okay, we are grieving, I am also grieving, that is what I'm dealing with. I was just looking around being like, what is everyone else feeling? That's probably what I'm yeah. feeling, let's deal with that. Because you're also very young at this point, right? It's a very yeah. confusing time anyway, without, yeah. without any mental health issues, without any parents being sick, it's a very confusing time. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had a lot to deal with at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so I had this, this hand, I went up to the nurse and she fixed me up and then she went, oh, is there anything else I can help you with? And again, these tears came out and I thought about it this morning. I'm so grateful that this nurse looked at me and went, I think something else is going on. Aww. Let me get you to the doctor. And within a couple of minutes, she had arranged for me to go see a doctor. So I was going and sitting with this doctor and I spoke with her and I was talking about my dad, all these things. And she just went, do you know what? I think let's talk a little bit deeper. And I just blurted everything out. And she said, I think you have generalized anxiety disorder and depression. Let's get you to like treatment. Let's get you tested. Let's work out what's going on. And I'm just thinking so many things had to go wrong and right for these two women this nurse and this doctor to be like something else is going on because throughout most of my life it would have been explained away something else so i'm just i'm actually quite grateful that that all happened and that's all linked with the relief from the diagnosis because i think it was built up in this moment of these two women being like something's wrong let's check you out you have anxiety disorder and getting that sort of just being seen was just a relief. That was a long explanation for it. Yeah. <laughs> like that nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I got to that diagnosis and sort of the, the journey that I've been on for the past eight years um, to sort of get, I never like to say to get better because I feel like 
it's not really getting better. I always feel like it's to to become like a better part of me is kind of how I feel. Mm. Um, and because I think at the beginning, I was just forcing myself being like, I need to get better. I need to get rid of this anxiety. I need to get rid of this panic. And know and now knowing that doesn't really work because mm -hmm. you you need to go into a different type of dialogue with yourself mm -hmm. then you know it's not a normal you know it's a cold i'm gonna take this pill it's gonna go away you it's a whole process or at least it has been for me mm, yes yeah it's not like a broken bone that then gets healed and fixed and then it's not broken yeah. anymore yeah it's not like that yeah yeah what was it like um I want to say, like, what was it like coming out to your family? Like, at some point, I'm assuming you must have had a conversation or what what happened and, and how did they react? Yeah, so I, I called my eldest brother first and I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, he's gonna... My big worry was he's gonna think I'm making this up or he's gonna think I'm being over dramatic, or he's gonna think I'm asking for attention, which I mean, is probably linked with being, I'm the baby of the family, I'm the baby of six kids. And you know, that is sort of though. And I, I mean, I'm also, I would like to just put up front, I am a dramatic, you know, I'm from a creative background, I am dramatic, but <laughs> that, was, that was my big worry is that, yeah. oh, you know, come on, Julie, like, don't make this up. Um, and I'm so grateful I called him first because he opened up about some of his history and some of what he's gone through. And he he just sort of said, OK, that's that's what's happening. I understand. Wow. That's fine. Um, and How I was, was that? How was that such like? such a relief again, such a relief. And it's so funny to you know, this is why it's so important to talk about it, because the fear of telling people or the fear of being honest about it is so huge and then you talk to and i would i would also like to say you talk to the right people and it can be such a relief i did also have people i spoke to that now aren't in my life anymore or mm. that reacted badly to it that couldn't handle it that made me feel worse about it like that those do exist um and i think you just have to realize you need you need good people in your life that are able to accept it and, and be with it. Um, and these people who react that way to it either don't understand it or just aren't the right type of people mm -hmm. to have in your life. Um, and I mean, I think that's just general for everyone. Doesn't even have to be with anxiety. Just have good people in your life. But I think especially with anxiety or any sort of mental health, you need good, empathetic patient people in your life that will you know sometimes if I go on a night out I'll have a panic attack or I'll be nervous or scared and it's to have that friend that either says like okay let's go outside and have a glass of water or you know do you need to go home but yeah you you do just need those types of people anyway but coming out to my uh, family no, I, <laughs> wow I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm what I'm coming at right now is that you're so incredibly brave to uh, talk about um, to your nearest, um, I'm trying to, to mirror it in my life. And I think I'm still too scared of, of talking about it. Um, and I think it's, it's because I don't quite understand it yet. Mm -hmm. 
um, I, the first time I was, I, I had a hint that maybe I'm, there's something going on was, um, I, I don't like phone calls. I, I get quite, um, I, I actually, I, I get panic attacks when, oh. mini panic attacks when the phone call, when the phone rings mm -hmm. and, um, or I have to call someone, I don't like it. And I've often been told it's because of your lack of confidence or it's a, like it's, always been explained somewhere else and then I took it to um, a therapist one this topic I took it to a therapist once and and then she and I told this was in English and I said to her I am terrified of phone calls mm -hmm. and she said to me she was trying to figure out do I really mean that terrified and I said I, I said I don't understand what you what you mean and I thought this was a language difference because it was in English and not in Danish mm -hmm. And she says, well, you're terrified if you have an axe murderer coming and trying to kill you. That's That's being terrified. Um, or are you just af like afraid or like she was trying to put it up like that. And I realized that, yes, I'm actually as terrified as if an axe murderer would come and, and attack me. That's the same kind of fear I would feel when the phone is ringing. And, and that's, yeah. And But I still don't quite understand it because it makes no like cognitive logically it makes no sense yeah. uh, it's just a phone call and it's not with all phone calls and it's not all the time so it's it's very weird um to talk about and yeah. how, how do you feel about like how was it to talk about something that i don't know did you understand your anxiety better or what's I didn't understand it that much at that point i was still very much learning and i also think you know, what I know now to what I know then has also changed only because of how much it's being spoken about in the real world and, you know, how much more knowledge there is about it now. Just within 10 years, I mm. feel I've seen a jump in how much more knowledge there is and how much more people understand. Um, and at that point, I'd only really gotten the diagnosis, had only really, re re you know, when you get like a page from a doctor where it says like, what's wrong with you, basically, mm. <laughs> I only had that. Um, so I hadn't gone into the sort of, you know, I went out and I bought loads of books. Mm. I was reading a lot about it. I was like, tell me what this is and again, how to get rid of it. Um, so I didn't fully understand it at that point. So it was just like, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, but, but it still made sense to me because, you know, again, when I spoke about, I had had all these terror thoughts and all these dark thoughts and, I thought that was just me and then understanding oh that's not me that's the sort of fear that's been living in like my belly and in my head and so just to understand that and to say that was was kind of nice because I always felt like oh she's weird or she's different and all these things and so to say like I mean I am weird and I am different <laughs> <laughs> but sort of to say like there's there's like a reason behind the why I've done certain things and why I feel certain ways. Um, I also have some irrational, irrational anxiety. Like a lot of my fear comes from social, social anxiety. Like I'm, but I used to do acting, and if I was on stage, I'd be completely fine, like completely calm. You would not know anything. However, if I was at a family party. I would sometimes have to leave and sit and cry in my room because that would give me so much anxiety. Wow. Which, again, doesn't really make sense. Um, I used to be scared to speak up in class. Um, 
And again, my teachers would be like, but you're fine on stage. But again, putting my hand up in class was so terrifying to me. Like act, like acts murdered, terrifying. Is that? Yeah. That yeah. Feeling you're also, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just so weird. This whole sort like I'll be in a, if I'm in a meeting room with people, I, my heart will race and I'll feel sick and I'll feel like I'm going to throw up. And yet, if I'm in like a busy train station, I feel quite calm. Like it's very, it's very <laughs> weird. And, you know, anxiety is, is really weird sometimes. <laughs> and it really messes with your brain. But I think when you come to an acceptance of like, oh, okay, that's anxiety. And again, I would only say it's only within the past maybe year that I've gotten more accepting of it and being like, oh, okay, that's why, why you're doing it. Because at the beginning, it was just like, I have this diagnosis. What does this mean? It does explain some things, but why why is it here? Um, was well, I could I could imagine that because you don't understand. Well, I don't understand much of it. It's also hard for people around you to under, to accept it or understand it. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and that is why I made the film as well mm -hmm. because as much as I could speak about it. Um, I, I still would get from family, you know, are you not better yet? Can't you just mm. say, can't you just say like, oh, get, o can't you just get over it? Or can't you just move past it? And, and oh, it's, I've a, heard that so many yep. times too. Yep. And it's I'm like, past that yet. It's been yeah. so long. <laughs> yeah. Are you still feeling that? Like, why are you feel, or like, or just being like, but just stop, just don't feel it. <laughs> And you're like, oh, okay, I'm cured. Oh. <laughs> if it's that simple, I would have done it probably. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. And I think a lot of it, you know, people will see people with anxiety or depression and be like, you know, you will get like, oh, they're just attention seekers. Oh, they're just, you know, they're just being dramatic or, you know, just get over it and not understanding you would just get over it if you could, if you could, if I could, you know, stop feeling so panicked, if I go into a family party, I would 100% do it. <laughs> but it just, you know, it just wasn't happening. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, my family doesn't fully understand it. And that's okay, because this is so weird. And that's why I made the film where I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna show them what's in mm -hmm. my brain. I'm just gonna, you know, I filmed myself having a panic attack. I, you know, vlogged myself when I had those bad days. I talked about my dad. I talked about, I actually talked about a lot of things, which is in the uncut sort of version, but you know. Okay. Um, so I was just like, I'm just gonna show them. And I remember showing it to my family and I could sort of see on their faces like, oh, okay. Mm. like suddenly understanding it a little bit more by seeing it and by sort of seeing my pain and I really tried to make it very like claustrophobic and you know isolated because that's what it that's what it feels like that is what it feels like living in my brain sometimes is just sort of kept in and you know closed up and it's really horrific and dark and and hard some days and I was just like, I need to, I need to show them so they understand it. And after the film, I had so many good conversations with them. I mean, I already had good conversations before because they were sort of like, oh, okay, but I think the film was more of a turning point. 
and not just for my family, for my friends as well. And I had friends being like, oh, I think I feel that way too. Like, and which was really amazing. And, and just having them be like, maybe I should go speak to someone. And, um, that was great. And also I was, at first I was like, I'm only going to show this to my family. I, I said it to the people I was working with. I was like, I'm only showing it to my family, maybe my friends. And they were like, no, you need to show this to other people. So I started opening up. I showed it at like a screening and I had this 40 year old man come up to me crying, be like, was like, that's how I feel. That's also how I feel. And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I have goosebumps all over. Wow. Yeah. And I, I got to go on a real journey with this where I, you know, showed it at more places. I got to go to. Um, the Amy Winehouse Foundation house where uh, women who have gone through rehab, they go and live there in like a safe house. I got to go show it to them and speak to them um, and got their reaction. And it was just very much cementing like, oh, I need to speak about my anxiety and my mental health because people are benefiting from it because other people are being like, that's how I feel. And both it made me feel good to make other people, you know, be like, oh, that's how I feel. I don't feel alone. But suddenly I didn't feel alone at all. And it was so freeing. It's as if, you know, all these years where it was like, oh, you're being dramatic. You're being, you know, too over emotional. I was like, whoop, nope, I actually need to be this way. So I'm going to shout it from the rooftops that, which was amazing and freeing. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. This was part one of my talk with Julie. Tune in next week when I share the second part, where we talk about her healing journey and what you need to look out for in your healing journey. And don't forget, you are important and you matter. Until next time, bye.